and thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time stopping by here, I appreciate you stopping by and checking it out. I hope that you find value in this. So how was your Valentine's last week? Did you do something fun? Did you spend it with people that you love? Did you give yourself some much-leaded self-love? And I know you're probably wondering what all of these questions have to do with this week's topic. And I'm going to tell you, it has a lot to do with it. Because unless or until we have a healthy relationship with our money, then there's a good chance we're not being kind to ourselves and or we're attracting unhealthy people in our lives. But before we get all into that, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that we don't usually blast out on social media, but we we know we want to do better because it not only improves the quality of our lives, but the lives of those around us. And I am obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or those things that kind of tripped us up along our life's journey and hold us back, keep us from having the life that we want, and more importantly, living the vibrant life we were designed to live. I truly believe that with everything inside of me, that we're designed to live vibrant, eventful lives. And during this episode, we're talking about improving our relationship with money. Look, this has been a a personal topic of mine that I've had to work through. And I know that there's so many out there that are listening to this who have or are at some point struggling with money, whether it be, you know, too many bills and not enough money or life circumstances have happened and have changed your financial income. And then then we kind of stress and worry and also doubt whether or not we can make it or we're too afraid to take risk and chance to to do other things or move current positions that we're in out of fear of not having enough. And I'm going to tell you, these are all mindset things that we need to work through and clear up because they do roll over into other areas of our lives. You know, whether they be conditions of how you grew up or, you know, the kinds of people that you attract in your life often are based on how it is that you are feeling about yourself even if you're not acknowledging certain aspects of yourself that are let's say not confident or you know feeling really solid in we then or another one guilt shame other really big ones that impact our relationships with ourselves, with our money, with our friends, with our family, with our partners, all of that. And so I I want to talk about that today, which is while you're celebrating this Valentine's Day week, some might still be celebrating it, spend some time thinking about your relationships with money. Would you send it a sweet card and, or would you 
send it a dozen dead roses, this relationship you have. Look, a survey was released by the American Psych um, Psychological Association in October of 2022, and it reported that inflation was a source of stress for 83% of Americans. And 57% said their main source of financial stress was not having enough money to pay for things like rent and mortgages. Stress and anxiety over money are not good for our physical and or mental health. Having a healthy relationship with money is important because it leads to a sense of financial wellness, making us feel secure, confident, and satisfied. Financial wellness is an important factor in our overall wellness. And this episode, I hope, will explore what an unhealthy relationship looks like, why a healthy relationship is important, and more importantly, how to improve yours. So what is an unhealthy relationship with money? To appreciate what a healthy relationship with money looks like, let's look first at the characteristics of an unhealthy relationship. The messages we give ourselves about money have deep roots. In fact, psychologists say beliefs about money are set early on, probably by the time you reach the age of seven. If there's money anxiety in a household, kids pick up on it and it colors their money relationship later in life. If a family spent money unwisely, was in debt and didn't pay bills, that earlier experience can also be encoded in a child's mind. Rather than simply blaming childhood for your poor relationship with money, acknowledge it then address your adult beliefs and behaviors around it. This is where I see um, clients kind of get a little tripped up in that along this journey of wanting to improve the quality of their lives is yes, when I go back in history with them and you know ask about childhood stuff, they give me the information but it, oftentimes we get stuck in that information. We get stuck in this loop of, well, that's how I was raised, or that's what I was taught, or that's the way it's always been, as opposed to why do we ever not stop and question that? Why don't we ever stop and pause and reflect and think, is that still something that I need to believe now? Do, do I need this to just, you know, at some point we stop believing in Santa Claus, right? We don't just blame our parents for Santa Claus, although some people might. But my point being that at some point in time and stage of your lives, we have to stop always saying that, well, that's how I was raised. That's how things were taught. Because yes, they were. But now that you're a free grown adult, who can think for yourself, it's very important to take the time to look and unearth those beliefs because they play a really, really big part in all areas of our lives. 
So here's some signs that your relationship with money has room for improvement. As in any relationship, emotions play a big role. Not knowing your financial situation, that's a big one. Right now, do you know what you have in your bank account? How much debt you owe? And your credit score? If you avoid looking at your bank and credit card statements, that fear and purposeful ignorance are signs that you feel powerless when it comes to your money. Another one be spend impulsively or being afraid to spend. You might think an unhealthy relationship with money means someone is living beyond their means, but the opposite can also be true. If, frug if frugality and fear of spending even on things that would make your life easier are causing financial anxiety. That's another sign of an unhealthy relationship. Another sign would be feeling shame at a lack of financial health. Do you feel jealous about what you perceive of others' financial satisfaction and security? Or do you feel ashamed because you've worked your whole life and don't have much in the way of savings to show for it? A bad relationship with money may be at play. Another would be feeling you have to spend money to enjoy yourself. Does having a good time always involve spending? That can lead to spending too much on things that make you feel good in the moment but are of transitory value, like dinners, vacation, alcohol, clothes and cars, etc. Another one is credit card debt. A large load of consumer debt is a glaring sign that your current relationship with money needs mending. The debt is making it virtually impossible for you to save money. Things are even worse if you're only paying the interest on those credit cards or the monthly minimum payment. Again, looking to see, is this how you were raised? Is this what you were taught about money? Or were you taught to, you know, to minimize the amount of debt that you had? Another is not talking about your finances. I find this extremely fascinating, especially with women. I know I fell into this bracket myself. People are usually reluctant to talk about money in general. But if you have a positive relationship with it, you should feel comfortable talking about it with your spouse, your partner, or your kids. Not talking about it at all is a sign of a poor relationship with money. And again, Thinking of generational and gender-wise, oftentimes uh, women, and specifically those that are in their 40s and up, have been conditioned that we just don't talk about those things, right? How many times have you heard your parents or grandparents say, there's a couple things we don't talk about. We don't talk about politics, we don't talk about religion, and we don't talk about money. Now, I'm not saying that you have those conversations with every single person. However, if you're not talking about it all or aren't willing to feel comfortable talking about it, then this could be a problem in the relationship with you and your money because growth happens when we're able to 
look outside of ourselves for opportunities, whether it be to invest in something or invest in your retirement, invest in your home. But if we're, again, we're not talking about it and we're not looking at ways to improve or enhance that part of our life, then we can get ourselves into some real trouble. Another is breaking the cycle. Just as the signs of an unhealthy relationship are tied up with emotion, so are the steps involved in breaking the cycle and improving your relationship. I'm hoping as you're hearing this, that you're not only looking at this as your money relationship, look at this as your health relationship, look at this as your relationship, personal relationship, relationships. Look, our health has to be number one. And behind that's going to be your wealth. Because look, if you're struggling financially, there's a very good chance it's going to have a negative impact on your health. And without your health, you're very, very limited to doing quite a few things. So improving those relationships with yourself can help you live a more vibrant life. So in this part, we're going to, I'll be offering some questions that you might ask yourself. So consider getting out a pen and paper. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to follow up with some other stuff, but feel free to write the question down so you can answer it after you've listened to this. And no matter how you answer these questions, I don't want you to beat yourself up about it. That's not the point of this. The point is to look at this from a bird's eye view and see where you see some patterns, see where you see some habits, see where you maybe see some conditioning that you've adopted as truth and see if you're not in the same position that you were previously that you can make some changes, getting rid of some old habits, some old behaviors, and yes, even redefining some of your beliefs, changing old habits. It can be hard, but you're trying to set yourself up for a better path. So let's get started here. The first question is, what were my early experiences with money? Go ahead and, again, write these down. Don't answer them now because I want you to continue listening to this. Um, financial beliefs are embedded for most of us, as I said, in childhood. Even if your parents didn't explicitly teach you about money, you still learn through observation. If they were overly frugal in their money habits, you may have the same habits. Or you might have completely opposite ones, treating yourself to the things you could, couldn't have as a child. It's really it's so important that we look at our beliefs throughout our life. You know, the ones that we can't necessarily control in some ways is when we're children, when somebody else has to care for us or is responsible for our health, wealth, and safety. However, once you become an adult, there's a lot of times that some of these belief systems that we have don't necessarily rear their, you know, ugly heads, so to speak, until we hit certain stages in our life. So it's very crucial that we be willing to evaluate these things regularly. 
especially once we've gotten them all dialed in, re-evaluating them also re-anchors in the new beliefs and the new habits that we're creating around them because it can be so easy to go back to old behaviors if we don't consistently practice new ones and then check in to make sure that they're dialed in for us. Another question to ask yourself is how does my relationship with the money affect me emotionally? When you think about money and your use of it, does it conjure negative feelings? Maybe even fear that you'll run out of money or does spending give you a temporary sense of euphoria, making you more likely to whip out that credit card? Another question to ask is what triggers me to spend or save? Take a hard look at your own money habits. How do you use credit? Do you prioritize savings? Do you spend because you don't want your friends to think you can't afford it? Or do you pinch every penny and regularly deny yourself things? Could make your life more pleasant like the occasional dinner out or a pedicure. Once you have the answers to these questions, create a forward-looking statement about why you want your money relationship to, to change. Here's some examples. I want to feel less stressed about money so I can be more relaxed and have fun with my kids. I want to use money as a tool rather than as an emotional crutch. I want to feel confident in how I handle money so I don't experience guilt when I do spend it. Examining your own habits and figuring out what needs to change isn't easy to do on your own. So I I highly recommend that you use your spouse or partner to discuss this with. And if you don't have a spouse, consider your best friend, somebody who can keep you honest about what you're doing rather than just telling you what you want to know. And you may even find it useful to seek somebody of a neutral third party like myself or a financial planner or a CPA. I'm the one that dials in all of the emotional, mental blocks that happen, all of getting us to dig deep into the belief systems. And then the financial planners or CPAs are the ones that are going to be great to dial in the numbers. But unless or until the mindset is right, then all of the the efforts that you would put into investing into a financial planner or CPA would just go right out the door because you wouldn't have changed any behaviors and habits. This is going to take me on a side tangent here. This is what I think about why I think gastric bypass surgeries have such a high fail rate is because there is no work done on the mental and emotional part of somebody. The surgeries are geared towards to help you lose weight, but they're not geared towards changing the habits, changing the behaviors, and more importantly, digging into the beliefs that started to get you sideways in the first place. I'm not opposed to that. 
particular type of surgery, especially if it saves someone's life. But if they're not, and I know that the medical industry is not doing this, they're not doing a deep dive into people's emotional well-being, specifically looking at beliefs, habits, and patterns to be able to set candidates, patients up for success. I want you to think about that same concept, but with regards to your money. Yes, you can get a financial planner. Yes, you can get a CPA. Yes, you can get somebody to manage your money. But if you're not doing the things to undo the beliefs and habits and behaviors that got you in the first place, then you could be susceptible to getting somebody who's going to rip you off or somebody who's going to take advantage of your naivety with your relationship with money or you're just going to continue spending and doing the things that you're doing because you haven't changed anything. So let's talk a minute about establishing a new relationship with money. So now that you've had this time to examine, and I know some of you haven't because you just wrote down the questions, but if you're coming back to listen to this for a second time because you've already listened and wrote down your answers, I want you to examine your relationship with your money. It's time to create a new one. With the insights that you've gained, you can find a path to where you want to be. Then identify small steps you can take to get there. Look, the goal is not to to one leap off a full flight of stairs. Pretty good chance you're going to get hurt if you take it from that approach. But if you take one step at a time, you're ensuring that you're you're anchoring new behaviors, new habits. You're also being you know, taking calculated risk on how you take those steps to get there. That's so important. These steps may include creating a weekly or a monthly budget that distinguishes between needs, such as food, shelter, transportation, and wants. Small stuff like a night out or a big stuff like a new car. Make sure that the budget includes the occasional indulgences. If you've planned for it, you won't feel guilty about spending it. You're also not going to feel rebellious about, you know, another analogy would be when you go on a really strict diet and you've avoided all of the things you ever wanted to do and then all of a sudden you just have a binge and go crazy. We don't want you binging on your money. We want you to be smart about that. Set a financial goal, whether it's to save at least $100 a month, pay off credit cards, or put aside money for retirement or college or a house, whatever it is that you're going to choose to do. Think before spending so that you use your money in a way that's intentional as opposed to less impulsive. Plan how to congratulate yourself when you reach a goal or milestone. And be alert to signs that old habits are resurfacing. This again brings us back to looking back at our behaviors and patterns and habits over time to make sure that we're not going back and reverting and getting off on the side trail. Look, the thing is, is we can have more of a better chance that wasn't good language. We have a better chance of turning 
situations around when we start to go off the track, if we catch it early on, as opposed to just letting things slip, letting things slide, six months, 12 months, 18 months later, and now we're in a hole. Whereas before, we had just gotten off the side of the road. And this is why it's important to check back in so you can redirect, you can pivot, you can dial in those habits so that we don't go that far again. I hope, I hope this is making some sense to you. And as we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I want to remind you that taking these steps can, over time, diminish your negative feelings towards money, give you a greater sense of financial wellness, and set you on a path to financial confidence and security. Most of all, You'll be using your money in its proper role as a tool rather than letting it take you on an emotional roller coaster ride. If you have found this helpful and would like more topics like this, or you knew someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I encourage you to reach out and schedule some time with me. I'm also going to encourage you to follow and share this podcast following it's going to let you get alerted each week when a new episode drops sharing it is going to potentially help someone else as they may be silently struggling because so often people don't talk about their struggles they just are looking for ways to get through and if this podcast can help somebody then that would mean the world to me to know that I could help somebody I'm going to now share some ways that you can get in touch with me or connect with me. And I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B. B as in brown. My TikTok is Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.